0: Morning. How are you doing?
1: Good. How are you?
0: Good. Um, as as uh, you know, this is uh, the first of uh, hopefully not too many uh, recordings of the uh, episode of the Eddie Pence helps Pat do a podcast. <laughs>
1: I'm, I'm I'm here to help. I, I you are the show saver.
0: Uh, to give you an idea of what this podcast is about, this is the uh, Broken Thoughts podcast. Uh, anything goes. Um except right. the only things I ask you not to do is uh spout out hate speech unless it's against like pineapple and pizza or the drive through <laughs> at Denny's you know and, or the drive up uh right. food um those you can hate, hate speech we all can relate. yeah exactly I mean you can hate speech all you want about horsey sauce at Arby's I don't care um but uh, also you cannot give out the uh, cheat code to Contra. That's the other oh. obligation that you cannot do. So. A B B A. Left, left, left up down up down left right left. Or is that a Kari Warriors? That that Akari. you almost bro- broke the cardinal sin right there of giving out the Because the, uh, <laughs> uh, I figured that if they don't know it by now, they should know it, and if they don't know it, they can Google the heck out of it because everybody else knows it. So, um, and I figured that I'm not here to help them hold their hand through a video game from the 80s. I'm here to at least make them giggle a little, so... Right. Um, like I said, this is Broken Thoughts. It's random. There's no uh, nothing off-limits, um, except you can't slap your comedian.
1: Ah, uh, yeah, we so, don't want
0: that anymore. Uh, unless you slap them with baloney, That's okay. <laughs> so, um, you are the one and only Eddie Pence. Uh, people may have known you. You are a writer, you are an actor, podcaster... Um, up and coming singer, uh, comedian. Um, there's you. You have you wear a lot of hats. You are a father. You are a husband. Uh, you are a you know a, a dog owner. Yes, a dog owner. You are uh you know uh, you, you've owned birds in the past. I have. Um, you know you are uh we I mean, just you you've worn all the hats, uh and that's yeah. why I. I wanted to reach out to you and because, uh, you know, with your you know, the 87 podcasts you're on, which is only three, but you know, we exaggerate <laughs> uh, that you uh, you know, you do all these things and it's great, but you only get to know, you know, bits and pieces of you. Uh, very rarely do we get to meet the, the, other, the specific person that is right. a co-host or a host, and I figured that somebody out there might care. So that's why I'm at my mom made it. Maybe a, you could send her this afterwards. I'll send you the link. Um, she might she might go, you know, tell you that you did a wonderful job, and then oh, she definitely will, and then make you your favorite meal, and then you know that's about it. Um, so the question I have to get into, you know, we've all anybody that's ever done stand up is how did you? Take that first step onto stage and think, i want to tell a joke and make that one guy in the audience laugh. Or was it more of a, Hey, I'm gonna go out there and kill it tonight because I'm funny.
1: <laughs> uh it's interesting. It's because it's something i always wanted to do ever since I was a little kid. Like I think the first time I had ever seen a like an actual standup special, I think I saw Robin Williams live at the Met. with an HBO special in like 1986. And that's the first time I'd ever seen anyone do, like, an hour of stand-up on stage. I'd seen, like, short stuff before, like, on the night show and whatnot. When I saw that, and i was like, I want to do that for a living. That looks fun. And so ever since I was a kid, since I was the mid-'80s, since I was probably, like, 9 or 10, I always wanted to do stand-up comedy. And I just grew up in an area where, like, I was in uh, you know, the suburbs of Virginia, right right outside Washington, D.C. And there wasn't, at the time, a very big stand-up community out there. It wasn't a, you know, it was like there was New York and L.A., And I went to college and I still always had the back of my head. I mean, I was always sort of like in my group of friends. I was the guy that was kind of funny and you know, the class clown sort of guy and at the parties I would try to make people laugh. And I didn't know how to do it. I just didn't know where to go to do. it. I wanted to, I just didn't know how to do it. And so I finally, I moved to Los Angeles after I graduated college to go to Chapman university to get my master's degree in film production. And that was sort of my excuse to get to Los Angeles and cause my parents wanted me to like get a continuing education and all that stuff. And I was like, all right, of course. To to LA. Yeah. They want me to have a have yeah, yeah. plan. And I'm not good with plans. So they're like, do that. And I'm like, okay, okay. I'll go out there. I'll get a graduate degree. That's what you want. Um, but I want to try this. So I moved out there and I, I looked around and I started before I even moved to Los Angeles. I was just like, I just like, this is before there was Google. I think I just had AOL. So I just did an AOL search.
0: In the oh, wow. Okay.
1: For stand-up comedy. And I found this guy who taught a class out in Los Angeles called Greg Dean. And he'd was a he been a comedian for years. And he teaches Greg Dean's stand-up comedy class. And he still does. I think it's still a class you can take in Los Angeles. And I was like, I started emailing him back and forth. Like, I really am interested in stand-up comedy. How do you go about doing it? And he was like, well, first you need to just write some jokes and then Get on stage, and I was like, "Okay, well, I don't know where to get on stage because I'm in Virginia." So when I got to LA, I looked him up, I signed up for his class immediately, and it was a good thing for me at the time because I did not, like I said, I did not know where to go or what to do. So what I did was I took the class, and he sort of like breaks down j- basic joke structure for you, so you just realize, okay, this is this is why a joke is funny. There's the misdirection, you know, you have the setup and the punch, and this is why people laugh at a misdirection joke. It's a it's a it's a way our brains are wired. And so he broke all that up. I'm like, oh, that's okay. So he kind of like pulled the curtain back on how to write jokes for me or how to tell something or how to tell a funny story, not just be funny. Because before then, I was just sort of like, I could be funny. I just didn't know why I was being funny as
0: much. Yeah. And
1: so I figured that out, and I was able to write a a five minute set. And the, the great thing about his class was at the end of his six week class or whatever it was, you got to perform a five minute set at the comedy store. Oh, and, wow. Oh, uh, yeah. And Hollywood. So that's what I did. My first set ever was in the belly room of the comedy store back in, like, I think it was like February 1998. And you just sort of like, I was very nervous, of course. And back then, you write out your whole set, like, longhand. like It's like paragraphs of pages. And you try to memorize everything word for word. And you oh, just really? get up there. and It's almost like you're doing a, a book report in school. You just get up there and you recite what you wrote. Yeah. So it's not you know it can be funny, but it's not always as funny. You know, it, it, comedy evolves. So those first few, that definitely that first set anyway, you're very memorized and you're very you're very performative because you're almost doing like a monologue from like uh, uh you know a scene in in a play. Yeah. So you're not really performing standard yeah. comedy.
0: Well, I mean, you could have done a monologue from Bring It On, and then that would that would have probably gotten the same amount of laughs.
1: It would have brought the house down.
0: Yeah, Um, because the reason I ask is because I have friends that do local uh, comedy here. I have friends that that do travel, and they're um, pretty good comedians. I try to limit my uh, watching them because everybody has that hour set that that just kills. And once you see that set, you're just like, okay, that was funny. And then you see them again, and then it's like, Okay, I know all the punchlines now, and then you see him again, right. and you're just like, why did I, you know, I'm getting in for free because he got me a ticket, but at the same time, why am I here? Type of thing, and, um, you know, I try to limit my support of them, but at the same time, I do support them. But like you're saying, that you wrote everything down. Like my first time that I like, I've been up like I think five or six times. Yeah, and that time was, you should go up there and do that because you're funny. And I was standing. Yeah. I was standing on the, you know, uh, in the green room, talking to some comedians I knew. I was standing with. The, I think I had like a, um, I think I had an extra strong Long Island iced tea in my hand, and they were like <laughs> go for it. And I was like, okay, and then you know, like I think I got about eight laughs, out of, yeah. you know, that I, I think that's pretty good for a five minute set. That's not bad. And that's more than a minute. That's more than a laugh a minute. Yeah, and it was just like I think it was because I was extra nervous. Um, I was, you know, I'm a big fat gay. Um, I happened to be wearing, um, like, I was wearing a kilt that night, and uh, like somebody introduced me as the uh, the only straight guy in Tacoma that could suck start a leaf blower. <laughs> so I mean, that that gives you an idea like my, what my friends would do to me, and. So, I, like, I went back a couple weeks later, and I was like, oh, I got some more jokes, and I got two laughs.
1: Second time's always the roughest. Second time's the hardest. That's the hardest set. Yeah. And I was just like,
0: okay, well, I'll try this again, you know, and it's, uh, I, it was like the day after I'd gotten, you know, like, I had talked to people, and they're like, yeah, you should do this, and I'd actually tried to write stuff down, um, and, you know, I I realized that that's just my worst, because I'm like, did I get everything? I'm like, trying to mentally check it off, and. Um, I haven't been back up really since, because <laughs> I was like, I mean, so you didn't get bit by the bug? Right? You, I, you I did d- it, but you didn't like fall in love. Well, I did, um, but I realized that I'm more of the like you said, I'm the guy you know with their friends that's you know funny. Yeah. I'm the one liner guy. I'm the guy with the you know like I could go up and do yeah. uh like uh like a two person show where you're just feeding off of people or right um the old generation where you really sat in you know uh went back and forth with the audience that I could do that easily but um yeah I just really me just sitting there going on and on about uh you know my socks or whatever I I just couldn't do it uh and I mean I probably could but if, you know it's just like I know enough <laughs> comedians that it's it's hard to that cuz I've done comedy and like I did open mic in Vegas I did right. uh, you know and uh my first night was in the Tacoma uh uh, comedy underground. Uh so it kinda like not as great as, you know, um you know where you just your first night was, but at the same time in my area that's the you know, that's big time. That's yeah, so, some coffee house open mic. You're doing a club. You're yeah, a club. I was doing a club and the, the owner the person that uh was going right after me um had been has been doing it for thirty years. And they all came yeah. out to see her and they're like, Yeah, someone didn't show up. Just jump up there. I'm like uh, okay. Yeah. Right. <laughs> Um, so, yeah, I always, it's always interesting to me, like, how people do it. Um, now, when you do your, your club nights now, do you still write stuff down, or? or?
1: Um, I do the, you know, it turns into a bullet point list, like an outline. I just have a piece of paper full in my pocket where it's just sort of. The idea for the bit that I have, like I have a joke about, like I have an old joke about uh, a lost bird sign. But I saw a sign for a lost bird, and why did why your a sign says lost helium balloon? It's not coming, you know, you're not gonna find it or whatever. That's the joke, but in my on my outline sheet, it just says lost bird, right? Yeah. And then the next joke will be about if I have a joke about my wife, and it'll be about you know how she got waxed one time. And it just says wax, you know, like it just like it just the one keyword that I know what the bit is about, and then I I know the bit in my head. Yeah, cause I you, don't say it the same way every time, but I know where the I know where the funny beats are. I know where beats I have to hit to get the laugh.
0: Yeah, you you know where yeah. the, the you know the start and the finish, and that's yeah all that matters. Um, right. Yeah, I, that's always good because uh, I think I've, I've been around somebody that actually they were so nervous they told the punchline before the story. <laughs> oh, and uh, the words, you get
1: so nervous you you forget to do it. You forget do one joke in your act, and then you do a callback later in your act. Exactly, you know, never set up before. Yeah, you're like oh no, one, that's why nobody's laughing at the callback. Yeah, and exactly. It up. Yeah,
0: and, and it's like I've been there. Uh, I mean, I, I've been there nervous just you know in general. Um, yeah. Yeah, around like before I became just I just stopped caring. Uh, meet like I would meet famous someone famous and I'd be the same way I'd like be really nervous and I'd be shaking and sweating like a wet chihuahua and they're just be like okay and then like I had um I had a gentleman sit me down and say like they're just regular people just you know be yourself and then that's when I started like hey if I met someone I would make them laugh and I'm like oh okay this is actually a good thing and um to so do that so um I had a couple of questions. Um, yeah. As far as um, these are, yeah, I was looking at your website. I was uh, doing a little uh, Facebook stalking and everything. Because right. uh, you, you have to if you're inviting someone out to their, your podcast. Oh, you got you to
1: gotta do your crap. I mean, it's not like I looked it up and
0: found out where you lived or anything like that. Um, <laughs> the power of the internet, you can do that nowadays, but at the same time, that's a little creepy. Um, so weird. Yeah, I mean, I'll, I'll do that to, like, Ralph Garman or someone like that. Um, but it's uh, like, where are you? Where does your next do you have like any shows coming up? Because according to your website, you're you're a stay at home dad that doesn't do anything. Um, according my website, um, yeah, I, I need to I just got my website updated
1: like a year ago and I just have not put a calendar on it yet. So I do have I haven't been on the road really lately, so you know, since you know, pre pandemic, the last time I was on the road really. Um, so i just been doing spots around town, uh. Next Thursday night, I'm at Flappers Comedy Club with uh, Jamie Kaler. I don't know, if you know, he's a, he's a pretty well-known actor slash comedian. Yeah. He's good friends with Ralph Garman, so he's doing a show. I'm doing that one, and then the Tuesday after that, I'm, I'm back at Flappers doing another set. So I've, I've been—it just shows pop up all the time. And you just, especially living in LA, you'll just like last this is what I'm doing next Thursday. Literally, Jamie hit me up last night, like, "Hey, you want to do Black Factory next week?" I'm like, "Oh, sure." So it's like. It's not planned out months in advance. It's literally like a week-to-week thing where you're like, oh, okay, yeah, I'll do that set. So I'll just, I'll drop jump on that set. And I'll yeah. A, I'll do a quick, quick 10 minutes there or whatever. So that's kind of what it is right now. I just haven't really gotten back out on the road yet just because, you know, I've been, I'm on the, the Ralph Report with Ralph Garmin. That's a daily podcast, so it takes up a lot of my time as far as travel goes. It's hard to travel a lot doing that show, and so that's my commitments are kind of right there at the moment, so...
0: Yeah, I, I mean, we, we all appreciate you being, you know, on the show, because um, uh, that's how I, I I came across you, you know, from the Ralph Report, and, and I'm sure a lot of other people that are going to be listening to this, that's how they, you know, have found out who you are, and uh, they've yeah. gone back through and, um, you know, watched, you know, uh, a lot of the, you know, TV shows that never came out of, or the Street to DVD stuff, or um, yeah. any of that stuff, uh personally I think you should be charging more for your your the two CDs that you do have out, the two albums. Um cool. uh because uh I as soon as I uh, get my credit card, I had a credit card number stolen. So uh, Oh no. Yeah, it's let me tell you, as a as an internet security guy, it's kind of a pain when you get hacked. Um <laughs> It's <laughs> but it's um it's definitely uh you know, I was you, gonna you pick got
1: your new set right there. Yeah, I mean,
0: I I could definitely go into that. You know, when you wake up at 3 o'clock in the morning, you see the mouse moving on your own computer. Um, It's, yeah, and and the funny thing is, I know exactly how it happened. It's just, unfortunately, uh, like right now, I'm recording this on a different computer because my other one's just reformatting. I'm like, I'm done. I'm starting over. Um, But, you know, it's it's what happens when you go to those sketchy sites that you shouldn't go to and do the sketchy things. We all do yeah exactly and i just didn't do the you know i missed one time and whatever yeah it happens (laughs) um but uh i was definitely gonna pick up your 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 podcast i've listened to them because you know they're free to stream and all the other stuff but um anything i'm one of those people that you support you know uh, you know everybody because um you know i was you know i was trying to be a professional photographer for years because i was like oh, be, I, I I have a camera I'll, I'll shoot photos um and you know people would just you know be like oh that's a cool picture and just copy it off of facebook and paste it and, and i'm like oh right yeah that's like, oh, my work but yeah i i i, I took the extra like five minutes to pull off the side of the road and take that photo like you could you know it like yeah. it, it didn't bother me It'll too much because yeah buy me a buy me a cheeseburger come on yeah. um but it I understand that you know you, you definitely deserve to get paid like whether uh, you're in a club or um, you know putting out your your audio um, I could tell that it was a 2008 on your uh Taste Like Pennies album uh, just because yeah. it's in the on the uh, front of the CD cover it says CD Well I was doing I was,
1: I was doing the road a lot at the time that was before I had a kid so I was on the road a lot and I just needed <laughs> Something to sell because you kind of, that's how you yeah. make a lot of your travel money on your on the road because clubs don't pay you a lot. Yeah, so I was just I had to, I just I just kind of recorded that myself and created it and just threw it up. So it's not the, the highest quality album, but I just had to have something to sell on the road to make some
0: money. Yeah, but I just so, I know that it was home done because it said right right in the corner it says CD R CD or CD ROM CD. I was like, wow, that's, yeah. that's back from the eight you know, early 2000s, that's super mid 2000s. I'm just waiting for it to say, like, you know, the Ultimix or, like, extended, dance, you know, like, whatever it was from the, you know, the early 2000s. Yeah, um, cutting edge at the time. Oh, yeah. I'm, I'm put it in and, you know, have a hidden video on it or something of that nature. Uh, but I, you were talking about on the road and something always gets, I know that when you are, um, uh, out at a club, and you've done, you know, your set. They, part of the deal is they generally either feed you or give you enough drinks to that you forget that you didn't eat. Right. And since you don't drink, um, what out of you don't have to mention the place, but I'm curious uh what was the best meal that you've had that somebody's given you at a club? Huh? Uh, that,
1: there was a, a, one of the be, one of the better. This was a time in El Paso at the comic strip. The guy who runs the place, he moved it from different locations. So I've played it like three different times, and it's been in three <laughs> different locations every time I've done the comic strip. And the one that I, the middle time, the second time I did it, this was like probably like 2007. And I went there, and I guess what they'd done, and they'd gotten the idea of like let's make it a, a really great restaurant and then have a club attached to it. So they really put the focus on the food. So people would go in and dine and then go to the show. And that guy had, like, like an amazing setup in his kitchen, which is really... So that's probably one of the better meals I had, I guess, on the road. Um, what's great in town is Flappers, the comic club I'm doing next Thursday with Jamie Kaler. It used to be a macaroni grill. Oh, so okay. The kitchen, the kitchen is ginormous. It's a massive... The kitchen's bigger than the club.
0: Oh, wow. And
1: so the food there is ridiculous. It's like you you could go there just to eat, and then the comedy show is secondary. I mean that's how you know they, the the food there is one of the big reasons people go to that club. It's kind of crazy. Okay. So okay. in town, yeah, Flappers probably has one of the better kitchens as far as comedy clubs go.
0: That that's a bonus when when like even if the comedy's bad, at least you're getting fed well or the drinks are strong, and you're like, okay, well at least the drinks are yeah. good. Um, if you get if
1: you get a free meal, then you know that's half the battle.
0: Yeah, I always... It's I, I'm saying like beyond like as a as a customer or a, or a you know somebody in the audience if you go there and you know it's uh um you know the drinks are strong the food is good the service is good the people are nice you know like there's you know like you didn't walk out and get that one drunk person that yells back in, at the comedian the whole time and then they have to get escorted out um, all right yeah you know we've all been there we've all seen that person so um it's uh. Like, that's a, always a bonus, and I think that you know, knowing where you know those places are that I have the good food definitely pulls people in that are still hesitant, especially nowadays when everything's kind of still up in the air. And, like, oh, is it safe to go outside? It's right, um, you know, like, how good is the, the comedy going to be through a mask? Right. Uh, right. You know, those kind of things. I mean, luckily, you're on stage, you can you, know, you don't have to. There are clubs
1: out there. Most good clubs will feed your comics. They will give the comic a meal. I mean, not so much in L.A. because the the L.A. shows are, are showcase sets. It's like 10 comics on a show doing 10 minutes each. It's not like this, The Road, you get a, 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 yeah. you see a feature and a headliner. So there's only three comics. So they usually feed those comics, most clubs do. L.A., you don't really get a free meal when you're doing a show because it's just – it's not – fiscally responsible for the club to feed 10 comics every night or 20 comics, Are many are there. Yeah. So, But on the road, but there are clubs on the road that sometimes don't give the comic a meal. I'm not going to name the club, but there are some clubs that charge like 50, per, you get a 50% discount on the meal. And you're like, really? I'm the reason, I'm the reason everybody's here having a good time. I'm the reason you're making money tonight. Yeah. You're not going to give me a free dinner? I can't get free taquitos? You're, you're Because I'm the reason yeah. everyone's here. Yeah. And you're hey. charging me for the nacho plate.
0: Yeah, it's a, it, I mean in your case you do you know you are known as eating like a 12-year-old. So True. I mean it's not like you're like oh I want the you know lobster bisque or I want you know the right. you know the high-end you know flame yawn. you're just like no I'm not going to get I the want I want the cheese short
1: ribs. Yeah. I, you know I I would like I would like the free nugget. I don't want to pay for nuggets.
0: Yeah, I just you know can you warm up some dino nuggets and some you know cheese sticks for me? You know and right. I I get that. And then, you know I think you're one of the mm. Few come on. <laughs> well, I mean, if it's really good, maybe. A but... well, steak
1: quesadilla, I see the point. But like a cheese quesadilla, come on, that should be free.
0: Yeah, yeah, yeah exactly. Um, I know at one point, uh, I've, there was a club in uh, a small town da- down here that uh I did a, a open mic for, and after, like afterwards, I was like, hey, can I get some food? I know the kitchen technically closed. So, I'm like, yeah, just go back and make something. Um, oh, wow. And, yeah, yeah, I, I mean, when you're somebody that can cook and you're, like, you are like, just start making something and then pretty soon you, all the comedians are in the kitchen, like, trying to eat something. <laughs> so, you uh, made, yeah, and I was like, look, uh, all right, well, I guess I'm cooking for everybody now. And, and you know, I was, the rule was I had to clean it afterwards and, you know, making, you know, five, you know, entrees. It, it was kind of, you know, one of those like, well, I guess you paid for us because we just ate all your food for tomorrow. Yeah. Um, but at the same time, they were you know, thinking about it. Um, so on the whole idea of food, um, this is a question I ask everybody because I think it's hilarious, and it used to be something that was more of the, um, uh, back in the day. Um, if you like, we came to that level where whether it's flappers or anywhere, and they decide to make the Eddie Pants sandwich. <laughs> <laughs> what would that sandwich be? I mean, it th- wouldn't necessarily have to be at Flappers, but I'm just saying this is the you you know just have mentioned that you've been there a couple of times, so we're just going to use well, that as an example. Um, you could do you,
1: you could do a grilled cheese. A grilled cheese would be fine. I'd be I'd, be, I'd sign up on a grilled cheese sandwich. Um, just but a, that that might be just yeah, a plain
0: grilled cheese. That really like I mean this is the the it's like <laughs> anything. I mean you could like say oh it'd be grilled cheese, but like. The cheese would be, like, that $300 extra sharp cheddar and... No,
1: you could just throw a couple slabs of American on there. I'd be fine. Like, <laughs> So,
0: you're like... Like, are we talking, like, Kraft? Or are we talking Velveeta? Kraft, Kraft,
1: two Two craft singles and some toasted bread. be fine. But if, like I said, if that's probably going to be taken because it's so popular, I would go... You could go, uh... I like a club sandwich, no tomatoes. Like, turkey, lettuce, bacon on sourdough bread. I think that's a pretty good
0: sandwich. So, well, we...
1: Light, light mayo.
0: We we would have to make it your own, though, so we'd have to, like, double up on the bacon or something like that. Oh, you could do double
1: bacon. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, or do Miracle Whip instead of mayonnaise. Something, yeah. something weird. Yeah,
0: we'll just do the double bacon. Uh, so it would be club sandwich, no uh, no tomatoes, um, <laughs> and then uh, double bacon and Miracle Whip instead. Right, uh,
1: with tater tots.
0: Of course. you got to have the tater tots with the club sandwich because that's... Right. Just, that that I mean if you get if you, don't. if you get french fries with your club sandwich, then either the place does not have it or um you know, there's you're just doing it wrong. I mean I understand not every place has tater tots, but, right, but they will if it is. Well, yeah, if it's an Eddie Pet sandwich, of course. I mean or you get the somewhat the weird person that gets a club sandwich and orders a salad.
1: Oh no. That that you won't be able to order my sandwich if you sell a
0: salad. That'd be in small print underneath this is this only comes with tater tots.
1: This only comes with tater tots. Gotcha. Okay.
0: Yeah. I, I mean,
1: no mods. No mods. There'd be no mods underneath it.
0: Well I mean I well I mean I understand that if they were like, well I'm I'm allergic to miracle whip, I have to get you know mayo. That's understandable. <laughs> can't eat pork.
1: Can't eat bacon. Well
0: if you can't, can't eat can't bacon eat the then you just need to get just a salad and get and get nuggets instead. <laughs> we'll have a tiny we'll get some uh instead of dino to we'll get nuggets, we'll have little Eddie Pence nuggets that you can get and they're shaped <laughs> like little people. Yeah, a little person
1: doing stand up comedy. Yeah,
0: with a little microphone. Except a microphone in, in nugget form would probably look like something else. Yeah. And I don't know how well <laughs> that would go over in a family establishment. So um So as far as I know that you're always constantly going out for um, you know, uh, parks parts or anything like that uh, you know, in movies or TV show pilots that never make it or, um, <laughs> you know, that as much as I
1: used to. I used to go out more than I do now, but yeah.
0: Yeah. And, and I, I mean, we all like, if I lived in LA, I would be going out probably like, for, I would be like try, like going in for auditions just for like the new, trying to be the new, uh, you know, uh, to take over the role of Katniss or something like, I know I'm not going to get the part, but I would just go for it for the fun of it. Uh, But is there a part that, like, you know down the road that um, there's a possibility, you know, that rumors go, but you would just hope that someone calls you that gives you that part that you know you'd be absolutely perfect for, whether it's in the ether or, you know, just a hypothetical, you know, oh, I'd love to play, you know, this guy. Even if it's, like, I would love to be in the new Superman movie, but I would want to be, like, reporter seven in the daily... You know, like, not not anything... You know, like, I don't want, like, just that part that someone goes, oh, there's Eddie, and then the movie goes on. Right. Yeah, you know, like, I... Because uh, I always wanted to be, like, in those movies, uh, like, in Spider-Man. I'd like to be the, uh, you know, the pizza or hot dog vendor on the side of the road that he flies over.
1: He he grabs the hot dog out
0: of his hand as he swings by. Yeah, it, it's that or, or, like, you know, that scared, uh, oh, no, something's happening, and then I run away from my my cart, you know, and it's just one of those, I always thought it'd be funny in a movie where, you know, you're the hot dog vendor or a pizza vendor, and you, like, something's coming down the road, you turn to run away, and as you're running away, your hot dog vendor, you know, cart rolls past you because you're running so slow. Um, I always <laughs> thought that'd be, you know, a funny part of the movie. But, you know, like, as far as an actor, like a, like a serious someone that's, you know, you've had your, your moment, um, whether it's, you know, um, you know, it's sitting on a bench and talking about whether or not, you know, uh, kids should sit down to pee or whatever. <laughs> it's, uh, that's <laughs> a legitimate part of a movie or a TV show. Was it? I forget. Um, but it's like, is there something that you just like, I, I have to do before I die. I mean, obviously you're not going to play, um, you know, the new, you know, Nick Fury or something like that. Cause, um, you know, because Samuel Jackson's kind of taken over that, and um, yeah. Hasselhoff, yeah, Hasselhoff kind of ruined the chances of a White Nick Fury. So, right. Uh, but what would your ultimate role be?
1: I mean, like you would, I would, of course, you would die to be in one of the in a Star Wars franchise or a Marvel movie, like one of those things. Is like as a child, for the child of me, that's a, that's the wet dream is to like be in one of those two, like things um but you know at this point i would just i just i would just like to be out there working and want, in anything in any, any capacity like i mean of course i'd like to be that rebel soldier that like that freaks out and tries to run at the first sign of the empire and then gets shot down
0: like i would like to be
1: that guy but that would be fun and i could say hey i'm in that i'm in the star wars canon now i'm part of the universe that's me that's my guy but you know at this point it's like I'm. I've been around for so long. I've had so many like near misses or near hits. I don't know how to phrase it. And it's, you get like so close and you can see like where your entire life can change which is someone going, yeah, sure. That guy. Like that completely changes your life. And it just, at, at some point you just want someone to go, yeah, that guy. And then have your life change. So it's like, I don't, and when you're, yeah, when you first come out here and you have all these dreams in your head of like, oh, I'm going to do this. I want to be this guy. I'm, I want to be in the next you know, the next A-list actor or whatever. I want to have my own sitcom. You know, like, those are dreams. But now at my age, doing this for 20-some-odd years, you're just kind of like, you know, I, you're, you're kind of happy where you are with what you have, and anything on top of that is just, you know, frothy on the ice cream or whipped cream on the ice cream. It just makes it a little bit better. So, I mean, I would just enjoy right now any opportunity given to me at this point. You know, I, I've sort of... Not, I'm not resigned to the fact that all of my dreams haven't come through. It's just sort of like, you're kind of like, oh, life isn't about accomplishing every single dream you have. It's about finding happiness with what you have. And I think I have found that in a way. So it's just sort of like whatever opportunity is given to me, whatever the next, whatever next thing I, I get to do, I can enjoy that without feeling the pressure of like, oh, this is everything I've ever wanted. I can just like, you know, be in the moment and enjoy it what what's going on and realize that that's what life truly is that's what that's where the happiness in life truly is that if that makes sense
0: oh that may, that makes 100 percent sense um uh, you know i don't i mean i think we'd all like to be you know stormtrooper number five or yeah um you know even like as an extra um in the end game final fight, you know, where everybody, yeah, just you know, like, running
1: in the background, screaming your
0: head off. Yeah. Like, chances are you're not even screaming you're just your mouth is open and you're running yeah. in a circle. Um, cause you're like, cut, we're going to do this again. And you just have to walk back and do it again. And you right. get your aerobic activity for the month. And yeah, I just asked that just because it's, as you said, you know, when we we're younger like, oh, I want to be in Star Wars or I want to be in, you know, whatever. Um like for me it wasn't Star Wars, it wasn't like any of those movies. Um I honestly wanted to be in uh I was hoping for uh Police Academy 8. <laughs> so I could be one of the recruits in Police Academy 8. Um thought, hopefully they reboot that. Uh, I don't know how you could without you know, without uh Gutenberg and um you know, uh well you know, doing all the voices and you know, you have Oh Michael Winslow. Yeah, he had Winslow, uh, you yeah, Winslow
1: Gutenberg come back and he's now a Commodore or a Commander, Commodore Commod Gutenberg. Yeah, but
0: he left after number four. He disappeared. Right, exactly. So like I mean they gave him the great send off and you know he went off in the air balloon and then they and then it went downhill after that. Yeah. So um it's yeah, I, I it's it's neither like after, after the, you know, number seven, I was like, they, they shouldn't do any more of these. <laughs> I, I'll i find another way to get into a movie. I, I have a better chance of, like, you know, uh, winning a uh, contest and getting a walk-on part for, like, a Kevin Smith movie than I do uh, getting an actual... Police Academy 8. <laughs> yeah, well, I'd like to actually, you know, Kevin Smith, Police Academy 8. I mean, you never know. But it's... um that's just kind of like one of those things where, uh, you know, your, your view on, on, uh, on goals kind of changed. And that's kind of why I you know, you, you touched on that. Like, you're like, Oh, I'd love to do this, but any work is good. Uh, at work. this point. And so, um, now if you being who you are surrounded with now, like, you know, Ralph, Ralph and, um, the other people, uh, and I know that Ralph Garman is, you know, a very good bit actor, himself because yeah. that's all that Kevin Smith unfortunately puts him in his movie says um, but it's could you, like I've always seen this and I've mentioned this before uh, you and Eddie as uh, or you and Ralph, excuse me as um, a buddy cop movie <laughs> Benson and Hedges yeah or, <sighs> yeah or yeah, whatever, I mean Benson and Hedges, you know, like whatever you would have to like chain smoke but it's uh, <laughs> well one does well yeah yeah but you'd have to you know it'd have to be those really you know it would be like and then yeah. you'd have to have some like it would if that was the case you definitely have to have a female antagonist and and her name would have to be virginia slim um so it's but i I always thought because you guys have that uh you know over the you know the years that you guys have been doing it you you've developed that um chemistry and you really yeah you guys work well together um you know, no matter how much it's being played up for the, you know, the podcast or anything you guys have just felt gotten to that groove. And I think that, um, almost it would, it could almost go so far as like, you know, with the mood TV show, uh, or that, would, I don't know if it's the TV show, cause it's online, but murderville came out and only yeah. half of it was scripted. The other half was all right. improv. And I think that, um, I think that, you know, you guys would excel at that, and uh, you know it's. Oh, that'd be a blast! And because I, I, you guys would just probably just make really you know bad jokes the whole time, but at the same time, it would it would really work, and I think that you know, um, with you between the you know as we're all part of the army, uh, and everything like that, it's definitely something that should be. Uh, someone out there needs to write it. I I mean, I only know like three writer friends and uh, most of them are comics. So they could probably do a comic, but that's about, I mean, then you're like, well, I'm in a comic and, you know, DC will pick it up and then it'll get canceled after a little while. But it's, um, that's just just kind of, you know, one of my thoughts that it would, you guys would work well.
1: I've always had this idea, the script I wanted to write, ever since I met Ralph, I was like, because we always had that sort of, relationship we have on i mean obviously on the show it tightened much more yeah I have this, i've always had this idea in the back of my head the script i want to write i just never have i've, I've outlined it i've never gotten around where i'm sort of a, a guy in witness protection right and he's a wittic agent you know he's a witness protection agent and i refuse to stay in witness protection so he's trying to keep me in witness protection and and stop the the people who are trying to kill me from killing me because i, mean, or I testify, so he, there's that whole sort of, like, I had that whole dynamic where I wanted to play up a story with that sort of situation, where he's this just this grizzled old, like, wittic agent, and I'm just this guy who refuses to play by whatever rules he's, he, I, I refuse to live in the neighborhood he wants me to live in, that so, sort of thing.
0: So would that be, it sounds like it's a cross between My Blue Heaven and Hit and Run, then. It,
1: yeah, it's it's, sort of, it's also, yeah, it's sort of still that same sort of like energy as like Midnight Run with My Blue Heaven, like that sort of like, quarter, sort of yeah yeah because the, like well that
0: there's the good. I mean because Jack Shepherd did Hit and Run. I never saw Hit and Run. Yeah, Hit and Run. He, he played a uh, uh, he was a getaway driver, um, and it was uh, he played with uh, his wife played his girlfriend in it, which was nice because they already have the chemistry. Um, and, uh, the, uh, I guess the guy trying to get him was, um, oh, I'm blanking out on names. It was pretty big names, and Tom Arnold played, uh, the, uh, agent that was trying to protect him, and he was just driving around in his beat-up minivan. Um, I, I mean, I read, it's one of those movies that if you watch it, like, on Netflix or Amazon Prime, where even... Red box because it's you know so cheap nowadays. Yeah. Um, it's worth it, it it's worth yeah. the cost of like a little Caesar's Pizza and watching it. That That's the, that's <laughs> the extent of it. But I mean, most of those movies are good and you enjoy them and you move on. Um, yeah, you know, it's not right. So, I'm not telling you to go to the Walmart five dollar bin and buy it. I'm definitely telling you to like you know, seek it out if you've never watched it and then you just think, yeah, that was that was good and you just move on. And it's a lot of car chases cuz Shepherd's Shepard's a car guy and yeah. um and it's uh there's a lot of uh humorous uh points in it. And I think I, you know, if you've never seen it and you like that kind of storyline, um obviously it wouldn't be the same because it turns out Tom Arnold in it is uh a gay guy. So uh-huh. Yeah, he drives around with Grindr on his phone and it keeps on beeping because he crosses another, <laughs> you know, uh, state trooper that has the app, and it, you know. Hilarious. So, I mean, that te- that kind of like it's that kind of jokes, but you know, it's... Right. Um, now going back to your comedy, I've, I I meant to touch on this and I, I didn't, um, because as you know, you work with you know famous people or people that are you know, that travel more or. what You know, like actors that are coming back and doing comedy or anything like that. Is there been a moment where you're just like, "Um, do I really have to go up after this guy, or wait? I'm opening this for this person. Like, nobody's gonna be paying attention to me because they're just waiting for them." Um, Um, I mean, those are like, there are always those moments in comedy where you're sort of like,
1: you know, like, no, they're here for this person. They're not here for me. That sort of thing. And but like that's like that's like the no pressure opportunity because you can go up and if you bomb. No one's going to remember you because they're there to see the other guy. And, but if you go up there and you can win these people over, they'd be like, yeah, the guy I came to see was funny, but that guy before him, man, he was really funny. Mm-hmm. So it's, it's sort of like, a, to me, those have always been the no pressure situation. That's why I liked when I was starting out in comedy being the feature spot, the middle act, you know, because you just do 20 to 30 minutes in the middle of the show before the headliner comes up because they're all there to see the headliner. But there's no pressure in that situation because if you bomb, people forget you. If you kill people, are like that's how you make a name for yourself. They're like, oh my God, he was funnier than the headline. So there's really like, I've never really felt like, the, oh my God, I don't, I don't want to follow this guy or this guy's here to open. I got to open for this guy. Like, I never really pay attention to who's on stage before or after me. Like, I, I purposely leave the room. I don't want to know
0: before I go up. I don't
1: want to see what the crowd's like. I don't want to feel any of that stuff. I just want to go into the room and sort of create that experience when I get on stage. You know, like, it's my job to, whatever crowd I'm given is the job I, that's the crowd I have to entertain. So whether they're riding the wave of the comic that crushed before me, and I can just i just walk into that, and I'm like, oh, this is easy, and they're already laughing, or if the guy before me bombed, and I got to go up and I walk in, like, it's my job to pick these people back up. So I just, I wait till I get ready to go in on stage to walk into the room to feel what the energy of the room is like.
0: Oh, yeah, I, I just, I've always heard the horror stories of, like, you know, the people are starting out, and then all of a sudden, like, Adam Sandler walks in. He's like, yeah, we we'll am going to do a set real quick. And well, the, the the problem
1: about when you're starting out like that and someone big drops in on a club like that, they'll end up doing, like, an hour, and then you get bummed. Yeah. So you're supposed to go up, and you're ready to go up, and like, oh, oh, my God, uh, Eddie Griffin dropping in. And you're like, oh, well, that's three hours. Oh, he's still and doing so... comedy? I don't think so, but that was one of the examples I had that happened <laughs> uh, oh, okay. years ago. Like, okay. He would literally drop into a set, a, a show in LA, and everyone's doing like 10, 15 minutes. There's like 10 of us on the bill, and he drops in midway through and does an hour and a half, and you're like, all right, well, I guess I'm not going up tonight. So like, that's the problem you're like, okay, he's going to go up and do his hour, hour and a half, and then just wear the crowd out so by the time you get on stage it's midnight and half the audience gets up and leaves when he is done or she's done or whoever it is. Yeah. And you're like, okay, well, now this is, like, that I hate. That's the worst is when you're in a club and some famous comic comes in and it's like, because at that point, if they're big enough, they can just walk in, tell the club owner, and they're going on next. It doesn't matter who's on the bill. They just They just walk in and get on stage, which is fine. They've earned that right. They're famous. They can do that. But what bugs me is when they get up and they go up on stage and they just do 45 minutes or an hour and just crap on all the comics that are going on after them because those comics now don't have an audience to perform for because they've worn out the audience. Yeah. You know, go up, do your new, do 10, 15 minutes, work some new stuff out, and then leave. They're there. They're, they all saw you. They're happy. But why do you need the ego stroke of going up for an hour and sitting on stage? While well, these other comics are sitting there going, "Well, I was trying to get up and work on my stuff." Yeah, I'm the one who needs the stage time, not you. I,
0: I need to, I need to get booked for next week so I can eat.
1: Yeah, it's right.
0: I, it's there's a. I've only witnessed personally that situation one time, and um, for some reason, I, I was thinking, it, I, I don't remember who it was, but it was a. Um, she was a locally. A large comedian in this area, and I don't remember who it was uh I should, but um yeah my 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 brain goes elsewhere <laughs> uh but like they they said, well, um they actually the nice thing is they asked like like how long of a set were you planning to do it? Well, as long as I can, and they ended up um giving her the m c spot, so they you know she she got you know ten minutes and then like three or four minutes in between everybody's set yeah and that um, killed the show that killed the show and like it was like luckily she like you know she opened up and everyone's like oh well you're cool And she's like yeah if you, you know they told her that after all the the four other comedians got done if there was enough crowd there she could continue on and like everybody stayed until the end and so okay you know, that's good so I, like that. I mean the nice thing is you know she really hyped up like um she knew nobody there and uh one of my friends was one of the you know open micers i mean it was open mic night and she's like yeah this is um you know this is uh Riggs. he's uh you know a comedy i've been you know doing comedy with him for 15 years yeah you know, she just met him in the green room and so she really hyped him up and you know told everyone's like oh he does this great and everything and so people like oh great i'm gonna listen to him and he killed it and um 'Cause he actually, you know, talked to her beforehand. Then the gentleman just was like oh mad about it, he kind of like brushed her off when she tried to be nice and she's like, Yeah, this is some you know, schmuck on the side, we don't know who he is coming to the stage and <laughs> he got I think he got like a couple of giggles and it sounded like you know, it's like one of those like, Thanks, mom you know, and <laughs> yeah, and you could tell it was somebody's mom in the back that it had like one too many, you know, you know, cheap night cheap drinks for the night and it's uh, it's all you know, that's one of the reasons why I haven't gotten back into comedy cause, like uh, a friend of mine, uh, she's now in Vegas, but she travels around. Uh, I don't know if you've ever heard of her, Susan Jones. I've I mentioned it to her. I know friend. that name. I think I, I think I know that name. Yeah, um, she goes by you know like Cupcake and you know everything. She's she's her personality is larger in life, um, and she's you know super nice. She's always about getting people. She's one of the first people that. Uh, like she was headlining the night, the first night I ever did comedy, okay. and she came up to me and was like, "Yeah, go for it." <laughs> I was like, uh, um, "I was just standing here, like trying to rub elbows with some people and just talk." And they was like, "No, nah, just go up there. We we need somebody else." I was like, "Okay, yeah." And it was one right. of those you know things like you know someone that had no idea who I was, you know, believed in me just talking to me for ten minutes, that right. you know I could do it. Um, but uh, at the same time. Yeah, you know, it, it's, you know, you know, I'm the last, I think it's been about a year now uh, since she uh, moved, but she, you know, she was doing a comedy club. She was opening up for um, somebody. She's like, yeah, I come up and, you know, open up. I was like, oh, who are you opening up for? She's like, oh, no one no special. I was like, like who? And I was like, oh, Jamie Schubert. I was like, what? Oh. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, and it's like, I know, I, like, I know who he is, and, you know, and it's, the nice thing is like afterwards I got to talk to them and you know stuff like that and it, um, it really when you you meet your you know your comedians yeah you know, I'm not gonna go like oh he's my favorite star in the world but you know I his style of comedy definitely uh resonates with me and right. uh like I was like okay you know, I, I, I can do this and I, I st- like I never went back to the club after that uh just because you know the people I knew that were doing stand-up like left and then yeah. um that and I didn't want to travel around 'cause there's 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 only a few clubs that do open mic, so it's like, Yeah, you have to travel three hours to get to a club and I'm like, Am I getting paid? I'm like No. I'm not doing that. <laughs> yeah, I mean I mean if like if I was going with a couple other people and we we're doing open bike and there's like four of us all carpooling, then yeah, I would I would definitely do it but Yeah, it was, well that's a fun
1: trip. But if yeah, drive by yourself for three hours, that's miserable. So
0: that's that's like two and a half podcasts and then you're just like, No, I'm just you, know, you get you get bored, and then, like, you, by the time you get there, you're, like, half sleepy, and you're getting on stage rubbing stuff out of your eyes, and you just, like, you just wake yeah. up in the back, and it's, it's. I mean, yeah, you can use it as a bit, but at the same time, yeah, I, like, ah, I don't really feel like doing that, and so, I you know, I stopped, and so now I just live vicariously through all their comics, um, like, oh, did you, are you making it now, you, you know, what movies are you, you know, wanting to be in, or... Um, stuff like that. That's why I started this podcast about, you know, well, anything, right. uh, just cause I am one of those, um, there's a lot of comedians start out as they're, um, observant. They, they notice things around and like, Oh yeah, we should do this. Or why don't we do this? And it's like a, um, minus the whiny voice kind of Jan- you know, Jerry Seinfeld esque. um, is, you know. I mean, everybody exaggerates his voice when they do impressions, but at the same time, <laughs> it's, uh, you know, when you have that, that voice, um, similar to, you know, like my voice, it's not normal. Um, but at the same time I, I make do. Um, so, um, uh, but I just was, I was just curious cause, um, you know, we all have had those moments where we just look at the stage and like, how am I supposed to follow that? Um, so on that same note, has anybody gotten on before you or after you and tried to tell the same joke? Um, no, I mean, there's
1: always there's always going to be that parallel thinking sometimes in comedy where it's like you're, you're especially like my comedy in the last ten years has been much more about my kid, my my relationship with my wife, and that that sort of stuff. So there's if you have another. Comic on the show talking about parenting or so, like there's gonna be some parallel, there's gonna be some crossover, some parallel thinking. So, but I've never had anyone go up and like who has take, just directly ripped off a joke of mine or gone on and done a joke before mine. I've had, I've been on stage or I've gone getting ready to go on stage and another comic has done a joke similar to mine and I'm like, oh, I can't do that now. I can't go up or I've gotten off stage and i after doing a joke and the comic's like, oh, I have a bit just like that. I can't do that. So we, there's that sort of stuff. But I've never yeah. had anything where it's been, like, sort of confrontational. Like, well, I can't believe you're doing that. That's my bad, or something like
0: that. You know? Yeah. And so, right now, in your arsenal of, of comedy, because um, I know that, like, people are like, oh, I have a I have a solid 45 minutes, and then the rest is filler, or, or right. whatever. Like, if someone, like, a corporate booking, or, um, you know, someone said, hey, we're going to do a special... How long could you go right now with a, with a solid block of material? I mean, if if I had to prep for it, because I have like I mean
1: over the twenty-some odd years I've been doing it, the the acts evolved and changed. And,
0: yeah. You know, like
1: I just I just put a special out a couple of years ago, and that was an hour. But like if I had prepped for it and I brought back like a bunch of old bits, and like I really got to fill it, so I could probably fill like an hour and a half, two hours if I had to. I don't know if. It, you know, it would be a lot of me pulling some old stuff out of the chest and dusting it off. Um, but, like, that's the thing with comedy. At least I know with my act, it's always evolving and changing, and new stuff is coming in, and old stuff's going out. Like, when I did my special two, I guess it's three years ago now, I wanted to, it was like my 20th, sort of my 20th year in stand-up comedy. That's when I filmed it. Like I'd been doing it about 20 years, so I wanted to pull from all 20 years, like my favorite bits from all 20 years of doing comedy. And that's what my special really was, that hour. So I had to really go back and find some old stuff I hadn't done in yeah, And I have ch- changed as a person, not, you know, per- personally, professionally. Like the, g- the kid who did those jokes in 2002 is not the same person who's doing them now. So it's weird to try to get back into that mindset to tell that joke, yeah. you know, a joke that you told 15 years ago because you were a different person when you told that joke.
0: Yeah. So I did have to
1: dust off those jokes and sort of rework them and sort of tell them tell the same joke but in a different way because I'm a different person. So it would be weird to try to pull together like two hours of all my old material or whatever, however long it is, and try to tell those again because you are different and the act does evolve and change. I think that happens to all good comedians is like as you move forward, your act just naturally organically evolves and oh, yeah. new bits go away and new bits come in. So you know, it's sort of like that.
0: Oh, yeah, of, of course. And also, with things change, I mean, you know, um, you know, 10, 15 years ago, you can make a, you know, a Brokeback Mountain joke, and, you know, like... Obviously, uh, yeah. and that now you can't actually, you know, people kind of would frown upon that unless you're just, like, you know, like, unless you're openly acknowledging, yes, I'm coming out now, and this is, you know, I'm using the stage now, and people would applaud that, but at the same time, right. it's, um, you know, you... I mean, you can joke about things, it's just like,
1: what are you joking, are you punching down, or are you punching like, where are you, like, what are you doing uh, Yeah, you these
0: jokes? yeah, but I mean like, 10-15 years ago, it was it was a little more open, like you, you could, you know, it was little, like less things were um, off limits I guess you say, or people would just take that you know, the wrong jab and Well, yes, know, the, so.
1: the the words, words have changed, meanings and words that yeah. didn't offend people before getting people upset, like I think I talked about this in a for a long time ago. I had a joke in my back for a long time where one of the lines in it, I said the R word you know, for mentally, yeah. you know, for mentally uh, challenged people. It's, I I said the R word. It was part of the punchline of the joke I did. And this, I was, this was during the whole time when was is this a bad word? Are we hurting people? And, you know, there's people who defend the word. There's people like, no, that, that offends people, right? And I was always sort of like, well, I've used that word my whole life. Never is. To make fun of anyone but just be like, oh this situation is abnormal
0: from yeah
1: normal you know this is an abnormal situation when and that's the definition of that word, you know what I'm saying so it's not I wasn't directing it at someone who has actual you know
0: yeah um, of course you know.
1: <laughs> but but I, I was doing a set one time in Calgary, and I did the joke and it got the laugh because it always that, that for some reason that word back you know that word would just get a laugh and you would yeah. use it as a comic and i did it and after the show a woman came up and she said i had a group of uh, adults here who are are dealing with
0: those issues that you
1: you know that relate to that word and you really it really hit them hard and i looked over the table and i saw how disturbed they were at me using that word and that's the last time i ever used that word on stage you know, like it, i really saw where it did affect people and i'm like you know what i i can i'm a i'm a good enough comic i'm a good enough writer where i can get a laugh without having to say that word and to me, that's sort of my. You know, I think we're all like, well, you can't tell me what to say. I want to say what I want. It's freedom of speech, and we should all say whatever. And yes, you can say those words, but you have to realize that if, it, if some of those words do really hurt innocent people, for no and, and you're just doing it to get a cheap laugh by saying that word, then you're not as good of a comic as you think you are. Because a good comic will be like, okay, well, these are the constructs of how I have to write my set. Let me write my set around this. I and mean, you do. You can come up with other. And I did. I found a better punchline. And it gets a bigger laugh than when I use that word. So you know, it's, yeah. there's that whole balancing act of like you know, your comics should be able to say whatever they want; they should have that freedom to say whatever. They want. And that they, they, I think they should too. I think you get to say just say whatever you want. It's but just how you time, say it. Yeah, it's how you say it. And it, it's like it goes back to Uncle Ben: with great power comes great responsibility. Yeah, I do have the power to say whatever I want, but I sh- I should be responsible for what I'm saying. But
0: yeah, 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 I and I I get that, and uh, just wanted to. Correct you on one part. It's Uncle Ben and Aunt May now. They
1: oh, both. Aunt May, yes. Yeah. The, the the canon. Yeah. So so, so you have you have to you have to add that in there
0: now because you know it's
1: <laughs> it's canon. Um, this whole new
0: generation. That's all they're gonna think of is Aunt May saying. It. Well, personally, I'd rather you know think about yeah, you know, most made than you know old than the old guy. I mean, that's just true. So. um... Even even though they, they kill her, but at the same time, you know, it happens. Yeah. She might come back, you never know. Um of the multiverse, anything could happen. I, I know. I mean you know, they could bring back the McRib in the multiverse, you never know. <laughs> so yeah, I was just curious. I like 'cause one of the things that you know pops in my head was um, you know, as you were saying, you know, being a writer, you know, 'cause you are, really are a writer first. You just you're just writing for you're writing your dialogue for your own, yourself. So that makes it a little yeah. bit easier. Uh, but, like, people like Bill Inville had the, you know, the whole, you know, instead of saying, oh, you're, you know, that R-word or you're stupid, it was just more of like, here's your sign. Um, now yeah. that, that was his case line. And, and, you know, a lot of people were like, oh, that's funny, but they really didn't realize that, you know, he's just really like, you're an idiot. Um, huh. And so it was just that nicer way of saying, it's kind of like, when people used to say uh, Not so much anymore But like You know they Someone You know That was ugly They'd be like Well they got a good personality Um And I And I see it, You know It's just that Nicer way of Really punching it in there And you know It's nice that you brought that up That it just You have to Think about who's In your audience Because you never know I mean you You know Yeah you don't And and, and
1: y- We can still be funny Without being hurtful I mean You know it's It's it is It is a different time. It's not the 80s. It's not the 90s anymore, where you could just, you could get away with a lot more. And I know people look back with nostalgia, like, oh, it was so great, you could say whatever you want back then. But like, what? I mean, I guess. Okay? But at um, the same time, we we do evolve as humans. As a society, we do evolve. And we can be funnier without doing that. Exactly. And
0: I, 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 I 100% agree with you. I mean, then it, the thing I always bring up with people would say, oh, it's not the 80s, or... Yeah, you know, I miss the comedy in the eighties. It's like, do you really miss Yakov Sperinov? <laughs> <laughs> I mean, truthfully, do you well, miss like, him? I mean, like I,
1: watched, I watched Sam Kennison's special recently, the one he did back in the eighties on, on on Sunset Boulevard. And as a kid, I thought it was the most the most hilarious thing I've ever seen. It was so funny. But then, like, you're watching, you're like, oh my god, some of the stuff he's saying, like yeah. blame. Me. Blaming gay people for the plague of the ninety, I mean, it was just like there's stuff back then, It's like, yeah, that was funny in that moment, and that he should he he shouldn't be you know he's dead now, but should he be cancelled? should you retroactively cancel him for it? Should you go back and scrub it from history? No, it sits where it is because that's where it was, and we learn from it when we move forward,
0: yeah, I you know uh hundred percent agree with you i i I mean, I know he's his comic, but I just still remember him as uh the teacher from back to school with Ryan Deerfield. Yes. So that's the only. Like, I like, you know, because I, you know, I'm at the age of, uh, of you know, catch, catching all the, you know, 80s comics later in life just because I wasn't, yeah. um, like, I grew up, I didn't, I grew up without TV. Like, the highlight was, like, watching reruns of A-Team and, A- team and uh, Dixie right. Hazard. And so, like, or if I happened to be sick at home, I was watching Days of the Lives, you know, sitting on the couch because we only had three channels.
1: So, right. like,
0: I caught all these things later on in life. Like, I didn't have the records of comedy. I didn't have, like, the records I had growing up were, like, Oak Ridge Boys. So, like... <laughs> yeah, like, so, like, I, w- I was kind of late in life, and then I just, you know, I just, like, dove head, you know, head first into this, and... um. Like as you get older, you realize when you're diving headfirst into it, it's basically, you know, the um, I I call it the ball pit of comedy because there's a lot you you don't know what's in there. Uh, there's a lot of you know gross stuff at the bottom, and you just have to like swim through it right. just to enjoy it. And um, I I mentioned that to somebody, and they were just like, that's so true, but disgusting at the same time. Um, just because we all know what a ball pit, at Chuck E. Cheese, or you know any of these places are. Right. All Oh, it is, is just a plastic ball filled urine, you know, hole. So, but um, <laughs> <laughs> well, you it it is what it is. It, you know, and you just have to, you know, navigate through it and take what you can and leave with, you know, and leave you, you know, leave it hopefully better than what you had. Because if you people remember that one joke rather than your name. I think that's a bonus because they can remember your name and be like, yeah, they told some good jokes. Yeah, his name is right. this. Or you can tell him, yeah, his name is Mike or something, but oh, he yeah, had this set and talked about it and then someone would know um, afterwards. Um, but um, I was just looking at the time and uh, I don't want to take up too much of your time today because I know that you have Legos to build. Uh, I do
1: have Legos
0: to build, you're right. <laughs> I, I, I was just joking, but what are you building Legos right now?
1: Well, I'm staring at this Batcave. My kid wants to build, so I'm waiting for him to get home. We're gonna build a Batcave. Right. Both of us did not like the new Batman movie, but he likes the Batman Lego sets from the Batman movie.
0: Wait, was it just too dark for you, or like, uh,
1: I'm just like, I, it just it's just so void of joy in any way. Like, I go to superhero movies. I like la- I don't mind there being some depth to it, and you know, having an emotional you know floor where it's like, oh my god, I, I just got gut punched. But at the same time, you have to have some joy watching a superhero movie. There's got to be some fun to it, and there just was like, there was nothing. It was just so just grim. And I mean, the whole what,
0: time. did you want like Batman meets Fast and Furious or what? I just wanted some just just enjoyment, just
1: just a little. I mean, because if there's any, if there is any comic book IP out there, any group of collection of heroes and villains that serves to spoof and buffoonery it is batman i mean the, the the name of the villains are the joker the penguin catwoman the riddler uh Eraserhead, calendar man i mean it's ridiculous yeah it's batman and robin and it's just like you just there should be some goofiness to it a little bit somewhere and there was just there was none it was just devoid of all life and like I get if, you, if you're trying to do, do a remake of Seven and you're trying to make it dark and gloomy. But at least acknowledge that there's some guy who walks around in a bat suit. Because it makes no sense otherwise. Because this is just a completely normal, grim world that everyone sees. It's just bleak and dreary. And then there's just a guy walking around a crime scene in a bat suit. It makes no sense to me. Because there's, there's nothing else in the world that acknowledges like, oh, this is acceptable for a guy to be dressed like a bat.
0: Well, I mean, we we had a yeah we had a celebrity walk around in a bat suit. I mean, we had Jane uh, Jane Smith. Didn't he walk around in a bat suit for like uh, or like all the weddings and then you know? I mean, I mean, but it's just like it's just not why
1: I go to super, especially a three hour one. I'm just like it's just raining all the time. I just it's just it's I didn't hate it. And there were some good moments and some great visuals, and they they hit on a lot. It did look very graphic novel-esque like a lot of the, the shots a lot of the scenes were very there were some great moments in it but for overall it just was not an enjoyable film to watch
0: yeah I, and I, I know other people feel
1: differently but that's my take on it
0: yeah so who is your Batman
1: uh, I guess I mean TV wise Adam West of course but well I guess, yeah I guess film wise Michael Keaton yeah, my you, Batman you didn't
0: you didn't like Clooney and then Batnipples nipples.
1: Oh, God, I just watched that one. I just showed that one to my kid. And my kid's, he's at that age where every movie's awesome. Like, you know, he's not, he's not like, he has not he has no discerning taste at this point. And uh, he, I showed him that one. He's like, this is really a really bad movie. I'm like, I know. This is a really bad movie. This is as bad as movies get. <laughs>
0: yeah, yeah. I mean, to that, I mean, just, just one last one. That movie actually, um, there's a, I don't know if it was on YouTube for the longest time, Uh, but it uh, the someone had gone through and did like I don't know like the rotoscoping three D effect for that movie, so you actually had to have like the old red and blue glasses
1: to make it three D. Yeah,
0: and so if, if I ever find it again, I'll 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 send it to you. But it's uh, that movie with all the neon and all the weird effects that they put into it. Yeah. Um, it was one of those movies that you, like, almost can't watch the whole thing through because you've got motion sickness. It was, like, that bizarre. It does,
1: but the tone of that film is is the closest Batman to Batman 66. Yeah. I mean, yeah, it's... By far. Like, all the people are fans of Batman 66, and I'm one of them, Batman and Robin is the most, like, tonally-wise, closest yeah. to yeah. Batman 66.
0: And unfortunately, all they're missing you
1: know, is the pals and the zaps and the booms, on the punches.
0: Maybe I need to do that. Maybe, maybe if I, they
1: did that, I think it would have gone over.
0: Better. I think, I think, I, I will, uh that you just gave me a um, a new uh, go, like project. I'm gonna go through and take that the Batman and Robin, and I'm gonna add in the, the um, pals the pals and and zaps and right and slams. I think it would and,
1: work. I would work in that movie. I think.
0: I I think I think that um I, I'm definitely uh gonna do that. So maybe if it, even if I do just the trailer to see if other people want it, because I mean to go through a you know a two hour yeah. movie to do that that, that or would, just yeah. one of the fight scenes. yeah. I mean it, it is you know it will probably take me a couple hours. I mean I might not, not, you know it's I just want to make sure I use the correct you know that nineteen sixty six you know, fonts. Right. Um, so that way it's um not and do some of those spin interstitials,
1: you know, where they where, between scenes where they do the spin.
0: Oh yeah, of course, but I gotta use the the new uh Batman symbol, not the old symbol. Yeah, of course. Of course. Um and then I, I think I probably have to do some color correction so it's almost the nineteen that sixty six Batman um, Yeah. Yes. kind of that almost faded you know, nineteen fifties um coloring. Yeah. Yeah, no, you gave me a project for the week now. There you so. go. There you go. Yeah, I'll I'll You're I'll welcome. send it to you guys and you can <laughs> you laugh about it and you know, whatever. Um, but I do appreciate you uh, coming on here and uh, you know sure, uh, my pleasure uh, joining me on the worst podcast that you've ever been on. <laughs> no,
1: I enjoyed my talk. Well,
0: I I do I do appreciate it. I mean, for being a big movie star and a uh, huge comedian. Yeah, uh, you you taken time out of your uh, your busy Lego life and yes, let uh, me get to the bottom of uh, who you are and finding out exactly what the Eddie Pitt sandwich would be. Um, <laughs> and I, I think I think that sandwich. Truth be told, I think you know you could ideally make that a, you know on if you you know if you've never listened to this podcast, whoever you're listening to now or me now, uh, they have Munchin Mondays, and I think that should be a Munchin Monday.
1: I'm all for it. Sure. Uh,
0: but I think what it should be is that um, you could discuss this with uh, Ralph because he never got back to me. So I'd love to interview him as well. Um, but it's uh, find out what the Ralph Carmen sandwich would be. And then you guys, oh, that'd be interesting. And then you guys switch sandwiches. Oh. So that way you guys technically are eating each other. But at the same time, it's, <laughs> you know, to find out exactly. I mean, Ralph is gonna, obviously going to try to, you know, you know mess with you and be like oh i want you know 100 year egg with like <laughs> avocado yeah. and like he would be a dick that way yeah and he would but at the same time you know you have your you know the four-star army you know garmy members that you know watch you guys do this and it would be hilarious oh, yeah. but at the same time who doesn't love a club sandwich and who doesn't love bacon so i think that that would really just kind of point him in the direction of oh well, he's gonna be like nicer to you and start giving you good food to eat. Um, you don't know Ralph very well. <laughs> for a week. Maybe, maybe I I mean I I mean I like honestly I've never talked to him. I've only emailed him. I mean I have um, I've
1: even He's a nice, he's a
0: very nice man. Yeah. I mean I've I've emailed him, I've talked to him, I even tried to, I even connected him with somebody that wanted to make the you know, Ralph Garmin uh you know uh whiskey for him. Uh, but you know, things happen like COVID. Yeah. So, um, but at the same time, I do appreciate it you coming on here, t- spending time with, uh, you know, wasting your your morning with me. Oh, and, my place. Um, if uh, definitely, um, do you put you know, on as far as social media goes? Are you on Twitter? Are you on, on Yeah, Instagram? Um, Twitter
1: and Instagram. You can look me up at uh, it's just at Eddie Pence on Twitter and Instagram. Okay.
0: And you post where you're going to be as far as your comedy goes? Yeah, if I have
1: uh, Seth, I just posted for that show next Friday, next Thursday at Flappers with Jamie Kaler. So, yeah, I, I, I'm pretty active on there and post my shows when I get up.
0: Okay. Just want to, so. you know, so if, you know, people are in the area of um, California or traveling through, um, definitely, uh, you know, go out and give, uh, give, give you some love. Cause I know that, yeah, swing you, by, say hi. Uh, and, uh, you know, I, it's just, I I'm like, you know, 15 hours away It'd be a little a bit not of a drive Um Well I, I have a cousin that lives in You know, uh You know, North Hollywood So I, I well, You've told him to come out Uh I, I have I, I've told her to come out And I've told her that oh. You know I was like, yeah, go ahead And she's like, well And I was like, we'll go do You know You know, she's You know, she's a A struggling actress You know, she's uh, a, We all are Uh, she's a struggling musician Actress And not the Comedic actress So, uh so, you know, we all have those. Um, but we all have a relative that's trying to make it, I think. I think that's how the world works. We all know somebody <laughs> or, like, yeah, my cousin was in that one movie with that one person. And, uh, but, yeah, I I think the next time you guys do a live show, I'm I'm going to try to make it down there. Dude, it's, it's um, a
1: blast, man. We had a lot of fun last time. You should definitely make it down well, there. like I, like I said, it,
0: it's, you know, 15 hours away. Um, so, I mean, because I do live... South of Seattle, so depending on how fast I drive, um, yeah, uh, I think I think I, I mean I can make it to Vegas in fourteen hours. But, we had a guy drive in so, Mississippi. Yeah, but, from Mississippi. yeah, but people are crazy though.
1: That's true. There yeah. are crazy people out there.
0: So, um, but um, like I said, uh, thank you for your time, and have a wonderful of rest of your ta- day. And uh, no. I'm gonna go to my uh, day job and pretend to work. <laughs> so I, and then I will I will um, this will be up on uh, let's it, to give you an idea here. This will be uh, episode four of my. Uh, nice. But so you're you're still fairly new. It's either four or three. I think it's four. Yeah. Um, and that we going up on the May eighth. So. Okay. Um, that will go live. But I will shoot, send. Give me the links. So I'll post it. Yeah, and it'll be on. Um, you'll be able to hear it on. Uh, Spotify and, um, Apple, iTunes. Um, those are the only two that I can actually get on without paying money at the moment. I would, I don't want that. And I'm broke, so, um, as we all are. But, I thank you, and you have a wonderful day, Mr. Pence. You too, Pat. Nice
1: talking to you, bud. Yes,
0: and, uh, maybe we'll do this another time when you finally get that big, you know, that big, uh, part in a movie of maybe you'll get the, the part of the hot dog guy running away you never know i'll take it i i, I would i would see that movie three times if that was your part because you know, imagine your imdb page it's just hot dog guy i mean hot dog guy yeah that's the dream yeah i think we need to do it I, well you could be in witsack and be a hot dog guy and then you're running away in that movie see it would work out. You could be like hot dog guy, and, or you could be um one of those like Jim Carrey characters where you play like multiple people in the same movie. I like it. See, yeah, the power of prosthetics and, and movie. We we we'll make this happen. I I think if we know enough people that we can write, we we'll write it straight to DVD movie where it happens.
1: Perfect. I'm okay. in. Okay,
0: we'll, we'll do that, and then we'll give uh, we'll give Ralph a, a small bit part because that's what he's under good Under five.
1: He'll get it under five.
0: Yeah. Yeah, we'll make him in charge of uh um of uh, craft services. So, well, I would thank you again. Have a good day.
1: You do bad, bye bye. bye.